Zooming together. Never really thought this as an option, but sometimes you just, you, you make do. You, uh, you try and be like water, you know, very flexible, moving through, uh, fitting in all categories. So thank you again, Highland, for being a, a group of people that has been flexible, has remained generous, has uh, stayed connected in the ways that we're trying to do it. It's, it does feel like so much of a start-stop, start-stop, whiplash kind of thing. Um, but we're just trying to figure this thing out together. Uh, we've never done this before, so thank you for your grace uh, extended to us as a team, as staff, elders, leadership, uh, your small groups, all the different things, having to put things on pause and starting back again, all of that. Um, it's been weird. It's been very strange, uh, but I'm very thankful for the body of Christ, and I'll, we'll do what it takes to figure out how to gather together uh, as we do this. Um, as I said, I, I've been talking about this message a little bit for the last couple of weeks, uh, titling it, um, Crappy Year, Good God. Uh, I, I know that there have been people who have tried to make America feel terrible by saying there have been worse years in history, a lot worse, all those different things. I understand it, but it doesn't negate the individual experiences that have been very difficult for us in this season. There are pressures and things coming at us that we've never experienced before, and the difficulty level, I, I'm not to say that you should be able to move faster because it's not that, no, we're not doing that. We're acknowledging the hardships that we've journeyed this year. Each of us, some, some shared, uh, but some of them very unique in their own ways. And so I just wanted to say, I want to acknowledge that as your pastor, this has been a year of sitting with you, talking with you, asking questions with you, seeking with you. Um, in the midst of all of this. And so we, we, I, I do know that comedy is defined as tragedy plus time. If you listen to comedians or, 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 or like um, that kind of style of humor, they often make fun of themselves. And it's a tragic story that they're telling, but they're able to laugh about it with time. Uh, I don't know for some of us uh, 2020 has been, it seems, one thing after another. So I don't know how much time has necessarily passed for each of these, but I do, I have enjoyed the memes that have been created to describe 2020. Um, there's one that I'm, I'm, I, I did not get, I, it is my favorite. It's actually if 2020 was a candle scent and it's a dumpster fire. Uh, I love that visual, um, but, but words and pictures and all the different things. I love, I have loved the internet's ability to make me laugh in this very difficult season. So I thought I'd share a couple of my favorites with you. Uh, 2020 has been rough on all of us, uh, Jennifer Aniston. Um, if 2020 was a drink, it would be colonoscopy prep. Um, this is a very unique leap year. It has 29 days in February, 300 days in March, and five years in April. Uh, I liked this one as we consider the history that people will talk about of 2020. Uh, teenagers in their future <laughs> classes trying to remember everything that happened in their 2020 history exam final. Um, ghost Village. This one I thought was great. Uh, a ghost village is set to appear from underwater, and I love the response. It's just simply, not now, Ghost Village. Not now. That's a great, I, I think it's a great thing. It's like, we're all done. We're all done. Uh, keep moving, a cup of coffee. Uh, this is the cup of coffee represented by 2020. It's got those cat ears right in your eyeballs. That's a fun one. Um, you're, when you're old school, you used to skip school. This is what you would do. You would just leave, and now it's you mute yourself, and you hide your video. So uh, that's skipping school. Travel plans and reality. 
Again, I know many of you have had to cancel lots of plans this year. Um, and if, bag, if 2020 was a flavored bag of chips, it would be orange juice and toothpaste. Fantastic combination. And then lastly, obviously, because we're on Zoom, your first Zoom meeting, you get all dressed up for by your 12th, 10th Zoom, whatever, 100th Zoom you've been in, you just don't care anymore. So welcome to Zoom Church then, I guess. So I don't know what level of, of dress. Maybe you dressed up for church, maybe you didn't, and that's fine. Uh, I'm just glad you're with us this morning. And so um, visuals do tell that story uh, of 2020 very well. I think meme artists and people who, have, who are creative enough uh, can tell the story of 2020 very well. But I think there's some other visuals in the scripture that you and I can relate to more so than I think we, we try to. I think there's a, a spin on the Bible that some people try to put that everybody is very positive, everything is good. It's well-behaved people doing really good things, um, making really good decisions and always being happy. And that's not the case at all. In fact, scripture paints pictures that are very clear to us that his people struggle, that they are suffering, that they hurt, that there are longings in them that are exactly the same as ours are. Um, We actually follow the lives of people like Elijah, David, Job, Habakkuk. These are people in the Old Testament who were considered heroes of the faith in some ways. But I want to read you some of their own words as they attempted to follow God in this life, to journey with him. After a great victory, Elijah said these words in 1 Kings chapter 19. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. David, from the man after God's own heart who saw many victories but also experienced loss, bad decision-making, hurt, and pain, Psalm 13 says this, O Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? From the man known to walk with God as a righteous man, Job, in Job chapter 10, he says these words, I am disgusted with my life. Let me complain freely. My bitter soul must complain. And then the prophet Habakkuk, who spoke for the Lord, who actually got to speak some very powerful prophecy words, actually says these words in, in, verse, in chapter one, verse two. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I am surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed and there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. Many of us, many, maybe you, in this moment or in this season, you have in a roundabout way said, God, I've had enough. Your enough may not be the enough of someone else, but it's an enough. Death has touched so 
many enough. Shaming of others publicly, privately, behind their backs, in front of their faces, enough. Misinformation and lies, enough. Loss of friendships that were once thought solid during isolation, enough. Virtual school and constantly, always, always being surrounded by people and your children, enough. People wearing masks or not wearing masks, enough. Isolation, enough. Fear, enough. Selfishness around you and in you, enough. It's strange to actually consider that our enoughs are beginning to stir us in even more desperate way for the Lord to act. Eugene Peterson, the, the, the man who put the Message Bible together, who was a pastor and author for many, many years, put it this way. He says, No literature is more realistic and honest in facing the harsh facts of life than the Bible. At no time is there the faintest suggestion that life of faith exempts us from difficulties. What is promised is preservation from all the evil in them. This week, I asked for, or in the last several weeks, I asked for songs that have been on repeat for you in 2020. Or maybe it's a song that's going to forever remind you of 2020. Got great, great suggestions. Wait for it from Hamilton. Can't touch this. I can be unforgettable. Come all you weary. Break stuff, Ben. Thriller. Uh, Hootie and the Blowfish have that song, Hold On, Side by Side. You hold it all together, dancing in the moonlight, calling all angels, mirror enclosed by you, graves to gardens. All of these song titles really do stir and, and, and awaken something in us uh, of a time uh, maybe of suffering, but also a time of victory as well. Some of these songs are humorous and they will continue to remind us of some things about 2020, but some of them have also been songs of strength during this season through the Psalms, God has actually included a playlist in the scripture, a set of songs that confront us with reality, but also hold out hope. And that hope doesn't come from a guaranteed promised solution. The hope is actually that God will go with us in our despairing. But why? Why should you and I add these playlists, this playlist, these songs to our lives. We're more of a, a poppy type people, right? We want the positive, up, you know, crazy dance uh, around the kitchen songs. Why would I add this kind of playlist to my life? First, these psalms are a reminder to us as Christ followers that we are on a journey. We have not arrived yet. You and I have to be reminded of the journey we are on, not an arrival that we have accomplished. You and I are not home. The scripture describes us as pilgrims, as travelers, as sojourners. In um, a first century letter, first century letter, that's almost 2,000 years ago, there was a man named Methedes who wrote to a man named Dionetus in the first century defending his Christianity. And this is what he said. 
defending Christians. He says, they reside in their respective countries, but only as aliens. They take part in everything as citizens and put up with everything as foreigners. Every foreign land is their home and every home a foreign land. They spend their days on earth, but hold citizenship in heaven. These are not tourists. Tourists going to see the highs and the bests of everything that there is and then going back somewhere else. There's travelers, journeyers, sojourners on our way to God. We will never be comfortable in this world. There will always be a tension, but the truth and the hope that is laid out for us in this playlist is that God goes with us. Second, there is a reminder of the kind of journey that this life will be. Many believe that Christians are terrible at understanding reality. I don't see it that way at all. The Bible has the most accurate view on the human experience that any religious text attempts to reveal. Psalm 27 has become a very challenging and strengthening passage for me in this season. It expresses a deep hurt, but I hope you'll hear the quiet resolution. Psalm 27, verse 9, do not turn your back on me, speaking to God. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. One of the repeated patterns of scripture that we see are two questions and then two statements. They're actually all prayers, but they're two questions and two statements. The two questions being, God, where are you? And God, what are you doing? I believe I've asked those questions multiple times this year in ways that I, I, I don't know that I've ever asked. God, where are you? God, what are you doing? And then even the statements that, again, they themselves are prayers. God, don't forget about me. And God, I trust you. This is the pattern of the Psalms. And one of the, I don't even know who said this. I, I can't even remember the author's name, but it has become something that has been near and dear to my heart in this season. And it says, he said, to complain about God is a sin. To complain to God is a psalm. You see that laid out in the Psalms. You see the honesty, you see the heart cries, you see the pain, you see the struggle, you see the suffering, but it doesn't keep him from crying out to God. We are allowed to mourn what we have lost. We are allowed to put down the things that we thought we held so tightly to and have open hands and say, God, I don't know what you're doing. Please don't forget about me. And at the end of the day, as the psalmist says in Psalm 27, verse 13, yet... I love that word yet, because it doesn't ignore the reality that they're walking in, but he says, yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Blogger and speaker Sarah Hauser said it this way, there may be no resolution to our pain in this life. But God is no less God, and he is no less good. He created us, loves us, and redeems us. He did not merely form Adam and Eve and walk away, a deity absent from his creation. 
he draws near to us. So much so that he became God with us, a God so deeply bonded to humanity that he became one of us. Believing in his goodness doesn't make the pain in our lives hurt less, but it does give us the strength to endure. This has always been the walk of the believer. The believer's life has been clearly laid out in scripture. Jesus pulled no punches. God pulled no punches. He did not paint a bed of roses for any of us, but in fact, the scripture let us know that in this world, we will have trouble, but we are to take heart because the one in us has overcome the world. We're gonna do something a little different right now in the, in the moment, in this, in this passage. We're gonna send you out into breakout rooms and we're four or five people. So there are three questions that I'd love for you to take about four or five minutes. It won't be long, especially if there's long pauses and silence and stuff. So we didn't wanna take forever. But hopefully these three questions you can answer looking at somebody via Zoom, uh, hopefully seeing them, and you can ask these three questions. And if you've got your phone, you can take a picture of the screen or whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, but hopefully you can remember them. First, have everyone introduced themselves and answer, how'd you get to Asheville? Let's just keep it simple. Everybody can answer that one. The second one, has there been a song that you've had on repeat during 2020? And just share that if, that's, if there's been a song you've just had on repeat. What's, what, what's a song that's kept you moving forward in 2020? And number three, what have you had enough of in 2020? And just kind of share briefly where you've been and uh, being able to, in just a moment, we'll be able to take our troubles to the Lord. So three questions, introduce yourself, how'd you get to Asheville? Has there been a song that you've had on repeat? And what have you had enough of? in 2020. So, and then we'll bring you back in here uh, in about five minutes. You'll get a little warning thing saying, hey, 60 seconds, countdown. And then you'll have the option to click back on to come back into this room. So we'll see you in a few minutes. All right. Well, welcome back. Um, Hopefully you were able to discuss a few things. Uh, We were doing it and uh, I was still talking and Brian was like, "Um, we're back now. And so we're back. Um, hopefully you, it wasn't too much of a stretch for you to do that. Uh, but again, this is the church. Church is participation, not just attendance. And so Zoom affords us a little creativity to do that. And so I hope it was something that was, was easy, but uh, can be replicated or be done again uh, with you guys as well. So you were able to stress what you have had enough of in 2020. Christ followers, do not ignore what everyone else is seeing. We do not put our heads in the sand. We're not ostriches running from things. But the simple truth is Christ followers understand that there is nothing in this world, no trial, no struggle that will ever separate us from the love of God. Psalm 120, and in your Bibles, you can, you can turn to Psalm 120. It's a simple first song, if you will, of about 14 song playlist that Jewish people would have begun to sing on their journey up to Jerusalem. Roughly three times a year, they could set out for sacrifice and worship at the temple. And this began to prime the pump of their hearts as they went on this journey. It was a dangerous journey. It could be exhausting. But Psalm 120 is that first track on your playlist towards God. It's intentional. It sets a tone and it wakes us up. Psalm 120, it's just seven verses, says this. I took my troubles 
to the Lord. I cried out to him and he answered my prayer. Rescue me, O Lord, from liars and from all deceitful people. O deceptive tongue, what will God do to you? How will he increase your punishment? You will be pierced with sharp arrows and burned with glowing coals. How I suffer in far off Meshach. It pains me to live in distant Kedar. I am tired of living among people who hate peace. I search for peace, but when I speak of peace, they want war. (laughs) This is not that poppy, happy, upbeat, one direction song that starts your trip to Florida. It's not. But on a road trip to God, this is an essential starting place. The first thing the psalmist does is remember that God is a God who hears us and answers us. Again, listen to Psalm 120, verse 1. And this is where we want to camp. I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to him, and he answered my prayer. As I was reading this psalm this week, I was immediately convicted, and here's why. I took my troubles to Google, to Netflix, to Amazon shopping, to Facebook. I took my troubles to Twitter, to Wax, West Asheville Exchange. I don't know why you would do that, but people do. I took my troubles to blogs, to podcasts, to music, to Candy Crush, to exercise. Oh, and then, and then I took them to the Lord. You fill in the blank. I took my troubles to the what? Was it to the Lord first or was it somewhere else? Are you fed up enough to take it directly to him? To stop wasting time with human answers and wisdom, which obviously people need each other. We need to be able to dialogue, decision-making. But do we spend more time talking to others about it than taking it straight to the Lord? This song, Psalm 120, starts off with a central call to remember God's faithfulness and his ability to answer us. Specifically, the Israelites would have gotten this as they were recalling times when God rescued them out of Egypt. There would be a generation of of, of Jewish children who didn't know that rescue, but it wasn't less true because time had begun to separate them from that rescue. The people needed to be reminded that God was faithful. And just because those children didn't experience that rescue out of Egypt didn't make it not true. You and I are forgetful. Just because the Israelites were farther and farther away from that event of rescue in history makes it no less true. You and I, after seeing these words, taking our troubles to the the Lord, there is a declaration of unsettledness. So I can say I'm bringing my troubles to you and it doesn't make me seem like I've got it all together. It's actually saying I'm unsettled. What I'm seeing, I don't like. What I'm seeing, I'm not getting. What I'm seeing, I don't understand how you're working, but I'm gonna bring it to you anyways. In this passage in Psalms, it specifically deals with liars, those who are being deceitful specifically against this person, not just a rescue like, you know what, God, if you kind of, 
If you can't make it, I'll call Joe and he'll come pick me up in my car and he'll get me home. This, is the, this crying out of rescue is if God, you don't move, we're done. This isn't a rescue that's an, uh, an option on the side. This is, God, if you don't intervene, we are finished. Whatever your enough is this season, are you fed up enough to the point where you're willing to cry out to God? That's the psalmist's invitation in this playlist as they begin their journey towards him. This is the point of this song. Are you frustrated enough with how the world operates that you will come to God in your distress? The psalmist often, like all the time, combines recognizing and remembering who God is. Recognition that things are not okay, but remembering in not our okayness, God remains with you and me. This is the mashup. This is the mashup of the Psalms that acknowledges without God, we're done. This song helps us remember first, at one point in time, you and I only knew fighting. You and I only knew how to lie about things. You and I only knew fists and ugliness and warring against people and against God. But now, someone has spoken another way, that you and I are travelers, pilgrims, sojourners, and we cannot expect to be comfortable here. So then what do we do? We do not fight. We do not scream. We do not wage war. We actually are people of peace. The longer we look at Christ, the less we will feel at home here because we were made for God. We don't ever arrive as travelers. We are on a journey to God. The psalmist reminds us that God is not at the end of the tunnel. He's actually with his people in the tunnel. This is the gospel, that God isn't standing in heaven waiting for us to get there, cheering us on, but that he came close. We just celebrated a season of Emmanuel, God with us. He is with us in the tunnel. The gospel reminds us that Christ traveled on our behalf. Christ came to a place that was not his home. He felt the affection of affliction that we have felt. He was falsely accused. He came to bring peace, but they hated him and he experienced undeserved hostility. War was waged against him, but little did his enemies know that God's power and his grace took their act of hostility and made it possible for the hostile to become friends of God, reconciled with God and experiencing undeserved peace through faith in Christ. And third, this song, this psalm, is a simple awakening to understanding that when we're growing weary of all that we see, Charles Spurgeon put it this way, the long wilderness of drought shall make the joys of heaven rare and real. As we look at scripture, there's a longing for God to come close, injustice to be brought to an end, peace like real lasting peace to be had, mocking to be brought to an end, and it will. This song points to us, the one who will bring it about, and the rest it will bring to us, those who are exhausted from the lies and the war that is raging around us. Ben, you can come. And we're going to conclude just singing a song together. 
Eugene Peterson, the same person I quoted earlier, he describes the tension that you and I walk um, and the psalmist captures so perfectly as that moment of in-between that a trapeze artist feels when they let go and they're about to be caught. That millisecond of in-between letting go of one thing to be caught by another. And he talks about this, this journey as the in-between. Like, am I go- is God going to catch me? What's going to happen? All the stuff, all the things that could happen in-between. The danger, the uncertainty, the unexpected. How do you and I respond in the in-between? It's for the person who has not gone the way of the pilgrim. Maybe you're living as a tourist and maybe you're recognizing things are broken. Rejection is what you're seeing and you can walk away from all of that or you can begin to accept the other way of thinking. God's way of thinking, a first step towards God is a step away from the lies of the world. It's to go, I'm fed up with what's behind me. God, I don't know what else there is. It's a simple cry. I took my troubles to the Lord. It's a surrender moment. Psalm 120 is the beginning of that playlist as those people would head up to Jerusalem. It prepared their hearts. To cry out to God is to accept that I am done with the ways of this world. I can't do it alone. I can't do it anymore. God, I need you. The biblical word for this fed upness is repentance. Repentance is not an emotion or a feeling. Repentance is a declaration that, God, I have been wrong in the way I've dealt with things, and I need you to intervene. I need you to rescue, and not in the way that I can call somebody else to rescue if you don't have time. It's in the way of, if you don't step in, God, I'm finished. Thankfully, the gospel tells us he stepped in, and he has rescued, and it is our invitation to believe the finished work of Christ this morning. Even the psalmist would declare, I can't do it this way anymore. God, I have to do it your way. When we look on Jesus, we recognize, I can't do it my way anymore. Jesus, I need your ways. This morning, would you believe that? This morning, as 2020 has caused so many thoughts and division and hurt and pain and all of those things, are you fed up enough to cry out in desperation to God, that he would hear your cries. It's the beginning. That's repentance. It's the turning from the things we're seeing. Fed upness with the world means, God, please, I'm desperate for you. The cross of Christ is the evidence that he said, I will come near. I will journey with you, not I'm waiting for you at the end. My prayer is that as we head into 2021, that Uh, We don't know what lies around the corner. I can't tell you 2021 is going to be any better. I can't promise you any of those things. But what I can tell you is that God is already there and he's here. He's the one who travels with the sojourners. He's the one who travels with those of us who are journeying towards him. And our longing for life with him, it will cause us to endure. It's not going to spare us from hardship, but it will give us what we need to endure. Lord, we love you. And I ask that as we just conclude our time together this morning, that Lord, we would acknowledge that we're fed up, that we've had enough, but also we would acknowledge that Jesus, you came to bring an end to these things. It may not be right now, it will be eventual. 
It is promised and that there will come a time when our hearts will be in your presence once and for all, Lord, and that we will be satisfied, no longer just trusting you by faith, but Lord, laying eyes on you, seeing you by sight. And that will be a great day of rest indeed. It's in your name we pray all these things. Amen.